Shalom Avracha to everybody. Thank you so much for joining me and for joining us on this fine day. So fine a day is it that it is actually my birthday today. Believe it or not, my English birthday, but my birthday nonetheless. And as usual, we're going to have a special opportunity now to connect to a teaching that is relevant. Many of the teachings that we've been zocha to learn in the previous weeks we found have been relevant to our situation and what we're experiencing, what we're dealing with, what we're thinking about and worrying about and, um, and going through. And today is no exception. So as just Hashem, I'm looking forward to jumping into the teaching with all of you. I'm sure that many of you here and many of you who will be listening to this recording, but as just Hashem are aware that right now one of my children, um, our newest arrival, is, uh, is currently in the hospital. And Baruch Hashem, he's, he's, he's okay and he's stable and he's getting stronger and stronger and stronger each and every day. Um, but we have to keep in mind, Tinok Ben Shir Yehudis for continued um, Rafua Shalema. It's really more than just a Rafua, just a continued development and growth. Be'ezrus Hashem, everything should continue to be stable and healthy. And we're so grateful for all the growth that he's already experienced. And uh, we'll continue to share good news with all of you about this. Uh, this sweet neshama who was born very, very early and unexpectedly, and Mashiach should follow in kind um, with Hashem's help. Okay, so in the merit of of, uh, of Tinok Menchir Yehudas, among all of those in Am Yisrael who require um, Rachmanus and Rachme Shamayim, especially our Chayalim, our, our brave and noble soldiers in Eretz Yisrael who are fighting evil, Kipshutai, um, and, and Jews all around the world. We'd like to launch into the shir. I'm going to share the screen so we can see the source inside. And we will, Be'ezus Hashem, begin. Okay. Also, apologies for the delayed uh, starting. I know that um, usually we, we, st- we start a half hour earlier, but things have been a little bit crazy these days. Okay, so let's jump in. Just having some trouble with this. I hope that everybody could hear me. I, I don't know, can't see anybody, so I hope you guys are there. And even if you are not, I will gain from learning this myself. Okay, so here we go. We jump into Sicha Saran uh, Pei Aleph, which is where we're up to in our learning of Rabbi Nachman Sefer, 81. And the Tzaddik says like this. Ah, we got a thumbs up. Thank you so much. Okay, so the tzaddik says like this, a tiny little sicha, just two little lines, and reflecting on his own experience, and this is something that's going to become more common as we move into the, the, the middle of the sefer. There's a lot of biographical information. Rabbi Nachman is really referring to his own journey and his own experience over here. And he lets us into his own inner life. He gives us a bit of a window into, into his own ruminations about his experience and what he was going through. And so he quotes a Pasuk in Tehillim that says, David HaMelech says to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, this is how I know that you want me just so deep to feel wanted. It's just such a deep thing. It's something that all of us are yearning for, longing for. That's a fundamental human need is to feel needed, to feel like you have a place. So David Amalek refers to this in the most expanded, existentially 
um, broad way of being wanted, being wanted by the divine, being wanted by the, by the one who put me here. So David says, This is how I knew that I was desired. Now, what does this mean on a simple level? If you look just on a simple translation level, is that my enemies did not prevail over me. Their wickedness, their wrath did not overwhelm me. So David HaMelech being able to vanquish his enemies was proof, was demonstrative of the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu desires his kiyum, his stability and existence in life. This is how I know that I was desired. Because my enemies didn't prevail. So just on a very simple level, we can apply that, of course, to our own situation that we've been through a lot these past couple of weeks. Each of us in our own way, uniquely tailored to our own experience, wherever we happen to be and whatever we've been going through and how what has been going on in the world is impacting us. But here we are. Here we are. And we're still here davening learning, doing the mitzvahs, thinking holy thoughts, trying to improve, striving for, for, for some way of helping the world come to a more healthy place. Here we are. So our enemies, despite all of the threats and despite all of the challenges that we've been facing and the way in which we're just one tiny sheep among 70 wolves whose roars have been filling the world now for, for six, seven weeks very, very intensely and strongly, HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us. We can't have a world without Yisrael. We cannot have a world without Yisrael. The Gemara in Tainus tells us this is one of the primary reasons. I believe that even the word Iker is used over there. A primary reason, the main reason for the Dalad Minim is to demonstrate to the world this fact. That the same way that these Dalad Minim require water to be able to live and that if you take them out of water, if you disconnect them, they're not going to last very long. I believe is the Lushan of the Gemara there. It is impossible for the world to carry on without the existence of the Jewish nation because it's all here for us. It's all here for us to do our mission, which ultimately, of course, includes the nations of the world. Halavai, we should be able to finally reach them, which is really our, our primary task, so that all of humanity can become activated, can be unified. That's what we're longing for and yearning for. But ultimately, the world couldn't exist. Without the mitzvah of Bersmila or the Limanatayra, different Kamaras and Adarim. But without the bris of, of Am Yisrael being here, the world would go back to Toyo Vavayu. And so Hashem needs us here. Hashem needs us here collectively. And in as much as each of us take a breath, and each of us are still alive, we know that a Kurdish Baruch Hu wants us here individually. And they quote this in the name of Rabbi Nachman, I think I pointed out in previous shiurim that I'm not so clear that this is uh, accurate, but they say it over in the name of Rabbi Nachman, apropos to a person's birthday, that the day that a person is born is the day that a Kurdish Baruch Hu decided, Kiviachal, that the world can no longer continue without you in it, right? There's a balance. And Hashem doesn't do things stam, certainly not the arrival of a new soul into the world. It's precise. It's 
necessary. So every single one of us who are us here now, sparks of conscious humanity within this world, the day that we were born was the day Hashem says, can't have one, uh, one more minute without this soul in the world. And so I feel very strongly, you know, that, that our Tinoch born six and, you know, six, in the sixth month, you know, 16 or so weeks early, is this, is this element, is that Hashem needs this neshama right now in the world. Don't know exactly why, but it's clear Hashem needs, needs this soul and needs all those souls and all of our souls in the world now. And so that's just right away a fact on the face of it. That's the Pasuk. If I ever need to know that I'm wanted, that I'm needed, that I'm, I'm worthy, I am. I am worthy, therefore I am, right? Not like I think, therefore I am. I, I matter, therefore I am, right? I am and therefore I matter. I am, therefore I know that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has an asek with me. Like our Tzaddik says in Sikh Tzaddik, Hashem believes in me. Hashem needs something from me, wants something for me. So that's all on a simple level. Now Rabbi Nachman was able to find within this Pasuk encouragement that could be applied to his own personal challenges. We know that one of Rabbi Nachman's primary struggles was a struggle against opposition. Not the time now to get into the whole background but Rabbi Nachman dealt with a tremendous amount of pushback, not just as the whole Hasidic establishment did from, from the Misnagdim, from the, their Litvish or Lithuanian detractors, and those who were more Talmudist oriented, as opposed to the more mystical approach of the Baal Shem Tov, and so on. With, without that, within Hasidus, there were those who did not take kindly to Rabbi Nachman's innovations, to Rabbi Nachman's new way of teaching, to some of the sentiments that Rabbi Nachman expressed about his own personal greatness, especially vis-a-vis -vis the greatness of his great-grandfather, the Baal Shem Tov. Some of the Hasidic masters felt that there was a, there was a, there was a, a disrespect and, and there, whatever that means, the, the way that they perceived it, that Rabbi Nachman was, was sort of, so to speak, disrespecting the Baal Shem Tov in certain ways that he spoke about his chiddush and what he had come to bring to the world, and different ways that Rabbi Nachman was impacting in such an intense way and on such a broad level made some of the others feel very threatened, especially when he traveled into their locales, particularly into the locale of Great Sadik, the uh, the the Shpala um, Zayda, it was called the Zayda, the grandfather of, of Shpala, who became Rabbi Nachman's main foe, his, his primary enemy, and, and Rabbi Nachman suffered from this a lot. There were many tzaddikim that stood by the tzaddik side, namely the, the Berditshvarav, the Kedusha Slevi, the Baal Hatanya, and, and many others, were, were very fierce in their support of Rabbi Nachman. But at the same time, Rabbi Nachman suffered from this. So Rabbi Nachman was carrying this weight. And you can just imagine the tzaddik sitting and reading Talim one day and he stumbles upon this parak, parak mamalef, pasik yid beis, and the Rebbe took great chizik from the words of David HaMelech. Listen to the way that he interpreted it. He says these words, because of this that my, again, on a simple level means my enemy's wickedness has not overwhelmed me. That's what it means on a simple level. 
But Rabbi Nachman interpreted it in the following way. He says, In this that my enemies aren't wicked. Those that are pushing back against me are, are not wicked. They're, they're righteous. They're tzaddikim. Because of this, that my experience of those that are pushing me back and away are Einam Rayim, Ki Oivi, Ki Sadikim Chalkim Alai. Rabbi Nachman says, I have great Sadikim, great special holy people that are arguing against my approach. Bezois Yadati says, says Rabbi Nachman, this is a very great thing. This is a very wonderful thing. Bezois Yadati ki Now I know for sure, Hashem, that you that you desire my approach. Because the way it's written in other places in Kisvei Breslov, that the way that Rabbi Nachman interpreted his experience of opposition was that the tzaddikim, maybe even subconsciously, but the tzaddikim had a very holy intention in arguing against Rabbi Nachman. It's something that um, where did I mention this recently? Ah, Naparsha Shir for, for a different group. But sometimes a holy neshama needs to be covered over, needs to be hidden, so that the Yitzhahara and the Satan doesn't pick up on it and then really, really attack. And so sometimes the tzaddik needs to go sort of in disguise. And maybe the other tzaddikim, Rabbi Nachman said, are actually helping me with that disguise by them taking care of it already. The satan looks down, he sees that here's a tzaddik who's so embattled from other people and other tzaddikim that there's no, it's fine, it's taken care of already. So Rabbi Nachman saw that this is a very good sign. This is on his, for his level, on his madrega, he says, this is very good that I have tzaddikim that are chalkim alai, that's a sign, Hashem, that my path is desired by you. And of course, it wasn't all the tzaddikim in the world, then there's probably some kind of issue. But Rabbi Nachman had a lot of tzaddikim who were bad, who supported. But there were those that detracted. So, and he knew, you know, he, himself, what a kadosh he was, what a tzaddik he was. He said, this is a good sign. This is a good sign. This demonstrates the way in which you desire me. How? How do I know? Because my enemies are actually loyaria, are not ra, are not evil. They're actually tzaddikim. And so they're doing a holy thing. And it's all part of a holy process. That was how Rabbi Nachman interpreted it. I think maybe a little bit we can apply this in our own lives. Hopefully we don't have opposition. And hopefully, you know, certainly not, not tzaddikim and, and not rishayim and nobody is, is fighting against us. But in a certain sense... I think this could apply just generally to difficulties, generally to challenges that come up in our lives day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year, what we go through. Being able to have the presence of mind to point a finger at the darkness and say, This is not Ra. This is not a challenge. It's an opportunity. This is not... Hashem forsaking me, this is actually Him revealing His presence within my experience of His absence. This is precisely where I need to be, which we're going to get to in a minute. This is precisely what I need to be experiencing and going through. This is part of my tikkun. This is literally orchestrated from Sheshis and Vibratius that my little spark of a soul 
would need this, exactly this, and it's lichatchila, a word that we use very often. There is no bidyevet, there just is what I'm going through, and it's exactly what I need to go through. When a person can say, ki whatever seems to be pushing against me, frightening me, we're going to learn about fear in the next piece, overwhelming me, when I feel like everything is falling apart in my own life or in the world at large, and there seems to be no hope, and I come up against that darkness, which so often in our generation generally, but I would say, at least for myself, much more personally now, facing what we're facing, just scrolling through the news and listening to the sentiments, and it's just the world's gone mad. So it's not even fixable. It's like, what's the point anymore? What is the point? But when I can point a finger at all of that, and I say, I know better. The tzaddik has given me the das to be able to see this with deeper eyes. This is not, this is not ra. This is, like the Baal Shem Tov said, all evil is, it's just the lowest, like the outer skin of the onion of Tov. It's all good. It's just the, the lowliest expression of goodness but I'm not falling for it. This is precisely where I need to be and my avoda now is to stand steadfast and connected to what I know to be true, irrespective of whether I believe that my engagement with this truth is going to make a difference. With a lowercase d, let's say, in our own lives or a difference to the whole world at large, I know what I need to do and I'm gonna let Hashem do the rest. My avoda right now is to channel down faith to channel down hope, to channel down prayer, to channel down uh, 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 insight, Torah study, goodness, kindness, even though it doesn't seem to make a difference anymore. The world has gone to the dogs. Makes no difference. This is my avoda now. I just have to keep on connecting to what I know to be eternally true, which is hope, which is hope. Hope is eternally true. Hashem is telling a story. We're not at the end yet. We don't know what's going to be. Hashem is running the world. Don't give up. Right? So when a person sits and says, and a person is able to maintain this perspective, then we can go back to the beginning of the Pasuk, then we say, wow, there's no greater indicator in my life that Hashem adores me. Because what a gift He's given me to be able to live life with this perspective. What a gift. What an absolute gift HaKadosh Baruch Hu has given me. Ki chafatzdabi, because He desires me. Because He wants me to live with Yishav Hadas to the extent possible. He's given me the gift. What's the gift? Ki oivi I don't allow my, na- my enemies, my challenges to overwhelm me. Aloy. No, they don't, they don't overwhelm me. Because ki oivi. Because I, I, I know better. Because I have deeper glasses, I'm able to look beyond the surface. So that's just a way of applying Rabbi Nachman's, again, what he applied you know, personally to his own unique circumstances to take that reading of the Pasuk and to apply it to our own lives. If we have been gifted with this perspective, it is a clear indicator how much HaKadosh Baruch Hu must love us that he granted us each on our own levels and when we can. It doesn't mean that we're always in this mindset, but from time to time that we're able to adopt this perspective, that we're able to look deeper at life, that we don't fall for the, for the illusion on the outside. What a privilege, what a gift.
This shows that HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves, loves us because I'm able to adapt this perspective. Okay, that's just that little tiny two teaching, a two-line teaching. And now we move into the next teaching, Sichasaran Pebeis 82. Now here Ibn Achman says a very, very deep thing, very deep. Very deep, and again, like much of this, and I said last night also, it's very easy to say this stuff. It's very difficult to apply it. But there is absolutely no hope of applying that which we don't read, right? That which we don't learn, that which doesn't begin in words. And then we can onboard them and do the work. But the work is work. The work is mamish work, you know. But, 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 but just because the work is hard, that doesn't mean that we don't even endeavor to learn about what these madrigas are, what these approaches are. And then we can work at applying them. But it does take work. And this teaching is, is really no, no exception. But let's, uh, let's take it step by step. Says the Helegat Tzadik, Schusay Yagin Aleinava, Kol Yisrael, Amen. Be'inyin ha'yiris v'apchadim. As it regards fear, u'pachad and terror, sh'adam isyari u'mispachid. That a person lives in a state of fear, of anxiety. Al-pi arayv, says Rabbi Nachman, more often than not, mikam advarim, for many different things, experiences, circumstances, or from people, that cannot f- damage the person at all. I mean, completely irrational fears. A lot of things that people are commonly afraid of, not getting into like phobias, but just you know, people are afraid of turbulence, right? A person terrified of turbulence. They statistically... Turbulence is, is not going to do it. It's not going to do you in. There are many, many, many other things um, that are far more likely, chas v'shalem, to, to cause serious harm to a person. Turbulence is not one of them, you know, when flying. Um, one thing that's been helpful for me, if you do a lot of flying, is just to keep in mind, uh, pragmatically, that it's no different than a pothole. You know, what a pothole is on a street, uh, in, a, in, a, in a car or in a truck, that's what turbulence is. Nobody dies from a pothole and the plane is not going to, is not going to, is not going to, um, drop from the sky, but people have this pachat from, from many things that will not end up harming them or from many people who will not end up harming them. We have pachat. V'hadavar nire, and says Rabbi Nachman really with a very broad-minded uh, 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 perspective on it, it would appear sherak basof. It would appear that it will take all the way till the very, very end. When a person leaves the world, as Hashem at 120, all of us should be happy and well. When a person leaves the world, and he's laying on the ground, as they lay a, a mace out on the ground, and they position the, the, the corpse's feet toward the door, as halacha dictates. Says Rabbi Nachman, good. Then we'll finally have Yishuv Hadas, then a person will be settled. The Yistakel al and a person will be able to really look at oneself, the Yire Ha'emes, and to see the real truth. Shekal Ha'yiris, Vapchadim, all the fears and all the, 
the time spent worrying and the and the anxiety. That we were worried about this one and about that one. And I don't think that it means over here, at least related to us, about the people that are going to cause us harm, you know, physical harm, monetary harm, but just caring what other people think, worried about what people think about us. Just much more pragmatic. That we 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 uh, we limited ourselves so deeply because of our fear that we weren't accepted. Right, going back to the first piece. We just want to be liked and we want to be respected and we want to be accepted. How much time do we spend worrying about that? Just do your thing. You know, just do it. Do what you need to do. Because all the people whose opinion we think, and I've said this many times in the past, and I was just thinking about this earlier today, all the people whose opinion we think matters so much that if only we could get them to, to appreciate what we're doing, they think the same thing about you. <laughs> and they're spending their whole day trying to get your approval so that they could matter. But you're a busy thing. Oh, no, they're the one that matters. If only they could give me their approval. And in the meantime, we just have a whole human race of eight billion or so insecure people walking around hoping that we'll give each other you know security and what's the truth the truth is we are already secure meaning to say we're alive remember the passage you are already worth it because you you're here you're here to tell the tale. You're alive, like we've said many times again in the past. Like the Ma'ar Naim teaches, you are bound up with Hashem, your God. How do you know? You're alive. So you're good. You're already good. You're a spark of divinity. You can conquer the world. You have to believe in that. So when a person leaves the world and then is free from this Meshagaz, and I think it's very, you know, emblematic of this experience. And I mentioned this also in a previous year. People, you die alone. Just die alone. You know? And we should merit not to die alone, meaning we should merit to, at 120, be surrounded by children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren and family members and people who love us and, 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 and so on. And it should be peaceful and beautiful and, and really Mashiach should come and we should never even taste the Tam Nisa. But ultimately, the experience of dying is, is incredibly uh, um, solitary. Incredibly solitary. It's just you. It's just you. And maybe in a very, very deep way, it's bringing to mind the Mamre Chazal that teaches um, each and every person really needs to think that the whole world was only ever created for me. That from each of us, relatively speaking, it is just you. It is just you. It was all about you. And it was all about me. And for each and every one of us on this Zoom, it, it is all about you. You are the center. I know it sounds egotistical, but I mean it in, in the holiest way. You are the center of your universe. You are literally, the whole world literally revolves around you. And as much as you are a point of consciousness somewhere, on the great big globe, and everything around you revolves around you. It's all about your avoda. And if every single other Jew, chas v'shalom, were to be removed from the world, the whole world would be kept spinning because of you, literally. Literally, because of you. So now, when a person leaves this world, you do so in solitude, a lonesome journey. We, we believe we're accompanied by parents by, by parents who have gone before us, grandparents, great-grandparents, souls, sadikim. 
but we're free from this delusion and illusion. The over-importance that we place on the perspectives of, of other people. So at that moment, we're free. And we can look upon ourselves and finally see the truth. That all the fears and all the terror and all the anxiety that I was always thinking about other people around me it was an absolute waste of time. It's a vanity. Why do we spend so much time doing that? Imagine if a Kaddish Baruch who came down to you, looked you in the eye and said, Go. You're good. Imagine that. And, 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 and we'd go. Forget about it. Who, who, what else do we need? What else do we need? What is holding us back? Who is holding us back? Ah, but Hashem doesn't do that. But Hashem does do that. Because I just breathed again. And every breath that I take in is Hashem doing that. Go. Just go. Only live once. Do big things. Do big things. What does it really matter at the end of the day? What can a human being do? What's a human being? What does their opinion matter? Why did a person have a fear from, from anything in the world? Also says in Tehillim. And this is where it gets even more difficult. And the same is true for desires. For physicality that we're caught up in of whatever kind. Ki az at that moment yira hateva shabakinam kila bahavel yamav ubishtusim ubabulam ka'elu. A person will see how much time I wasted with vanity, vanity of vanities, shtusim ubabulam ka'elu that didn't matter, all these small things that really I worried about and I, I spent a lot of time trapped in Umihriachulay. Who forced a person? Who pushed a person into it? Kirak azira emes hetev hetev. As Chazal say, the Gemara in, in, in um, the Gemara in Sukkah, I believe, that tzaddikim la'asad lavo. They see the Yitzhahara was just a tiny little hair, just a nothing. It was a nothing. I could have done it. But of emes yesh bezed varim begay. But there's more to talk about here. Because if it was so simple, it would be so simple, and it ain't so simple. And you know that, and I know that. So what is it? And how can we make it simpler? All the while that for the next, many, many decades for all of us, we don't have our legs facing the door, and we're still here. So says Rabbi Nachman, it's not so simple. There's, there's a lot here. So here he begins to explain a little bit more. And this, I'm telling you this piece I've grappled with, literally, I could say for years. Really trying to figure out what, what he's saying. And now I'm going to just present, really, as I always do, it's only my limited understanding of it. Um, actually, in preparation for this year, I texted to Breslov or Mashpiyim to get their perspective. Um, but I'm just going to share my angle, and if I get any further information, and it turns out that I didn't have the whole the whole truth, I'll happily share what what, what they have to say as well. Um, but here's one approach. Kiyesh kasovek, kiyesh davar eitzel haadam. Like, how do you even translate? What is that? There is a thing. Yesh davar eitzel haadam. There is a a davar 
I don't even know how to in this context how really to translate that. There's a there's a there's a an Indian has that for a translation. There is an Indian Adam by each and every person. Hadavar because of this Indian because of this element, say, of his or her personality, this is what's causing them to fear what they fear, even if it's completely irrational fear. Even if it's a completely irrational fear, there is an element within our psyche that causes us to have that, that fear. The AFLP says Rabbi Nachman Shu, even though Shu Yodea Bedaito Bebeir Chazak, even if a person can know intellectually with absolute clarity, and you show the person all the statistics in the world about how no planes ever crashed because of turbulence, and the reason they have you put on your seatbelt is just because you might, you know, fall out of your seat and then hurt yourself, but the plane is totally stable and the plane is not going to break apart and it's not going to fall, and you bring out statistics and you sit them down with pilots and it is clear to the person on an intellectual level with absolute clarity that this thing that he or she is afraid of it can cause them absolutely no damage they know it like every person who has a phobia it's an irrational fear a person who has a phobia of clowns that's also a thing believe it or not um, I, I wonder whether there was a phobia of clowns that caused Stephen King to write about this terrible clown in his book, It, or maybe that book and that novel and, and, and film caused there to be more fear of clowns. I don't know, but it's completely irrational. Clowns are not fearsome beings, right? Clowns are entertaining. Clowns are kind. Clowns are fun, generally speaking. But there's this thing where people have a phobia of a clown. Now, intellectually, they know that when they go to the circus, um, 99.99999% of the time, the clowns that they will encounter are not threatening. They can know that and understand it and they can say it. But they'll still have that fear. And again, this is so vague and so it's so open to interpretation. It can mean many, many things. Even now, I'm thinking of three different things. I'm just going to choose one approach. It is a certain element of the person's general psyche, but it's not the person. It's it's a it's an, an external force. It's a davar. It's it's a it's a chayfet. It's it's something that's there that is compelling the person to be afraid, even though the person be'etzem is not afraid. The and here's the key point: the person. Is not afraid. There is a davar eitzel ha'adam. There, there is a again. How exactly what it is? You can think about parts work, right? Different parts of the person and so on. There is something within the general makeup of the person's experience of consciousness, but it's not the person. It's a davar. It's something else. That is what is afraid. And even though the person himself knows intellectually, this is not a fearful thing. I'm, I'm okay. Something inside is, is causing the person to feel panic and anxiety. And he proves this. 
says Rabbi Nachman. It's a very basic, um, demonstrable proof, uh, 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 thing. You find people that are always very jumpy, very afraid of everything. That constantly have all these phobias. That are that are that are vain and that are void and don't have any basis in reality. And again, they know they know themselves. No amount of explaining is going to explain it out of them. They are just fearful of X, Y, Z, and it's not going to help you to explain to them why it's irrational. They know that it's irrational. But still, despite this. They still fear. V'chein, and another proof, on Urayim we see, shekish, a very interesting thing, When a person scares someone else from behind. That a per, you jump at, at, at behind the person and and, and, you, and you roar, you make some sign, a scary sound behind the person suddenly. Says Rabbi Nachman, what does he do? As I would take ma'id, he he jumps and he shouts and he screams and his his terror seizes his heart. Before he even knows whether or not there's something actual to be fearful of. The mind hasn't even had a chance to process the likelihood of this, of him actually being in danger in this and this place. He, and the fact is, he isn't, right? And that was always an option because that's the reality. That's what ha- There was nothing to be afraid of. Somebody's playing a trick on him. The mind hasn't even had an opportunity to kick in yet, and the person feels horrible fear. So why? You don't know what it is. Just something just immediately comes behind the person very suddenly. And even so, the person is, is feeling horrible fear. Before the brain even had a, had a chance to process this and to discern that this is actually something that's worth fearing. Where does that come from? So Rabbi Nachman asks, very black and white, After the fact that he hasn't had a chance to ascertain whether this is something that's worthy of, of being fearful about, So why are you afraid? Why, why are we feeling fear? Couldn't it have been that it was just someone surprising you? I mean, it must have been that it could have been someone surprising you because that's what it was. So why why do we feel gripped by terror? So And this is, I think, the key point. The fear that a human feels, again, human meaning the conscious human with the capacity to think very deeply about things and assess things and calculate what's real and what isn't real and what are the chances of this happening or that happening. But the primary fear that a person feels is it's just a davar. It's just this, again, it's very hard to translate. It's just this, ex, I would say, external or additive element that we have somewhere in our being that's just 
causing us to be fearful of this thing subrationally. Even though the rational mind in, the, in case number one, he brought two cases, is able to understand that this is not something worthy of, of fearing. And in case number two, the mind, <clears throat> excuse me, hasn't even been able to begin to, to, to think this thing through. It has nothing to do with rationality, says Rabbi Nachman. It's just a davar. It's just, it's just some, it's something else. It has nothing to do with thinking it through. Because a person can think it through a million times and understand that there's very little chance of A, B, or C happening, but the fear and anxiety is still there. So, it's something else. And it's the same exact thing with, with, with lowlier base desires. Even though the person knows that a person has one billion percent clarity into the way in which this behavior or this uh, um, um, desire is shtus vehevel. It just doesn't, it doesn't, and forget about the next world and forget about it not being right. It just doesn't make me happy in this world. And we have total clarity about that and decades worth of bona fide proof. You know, this is not a thing I want to be doing drags me down, doesn't make me happy, isolates me from other people, etc., etc., etc. This is just not good for me. And fill in the blank, whatever that is in your life, and we all have something. Right? So a person could know that intellectually one billion percent with utter perfect clarity. A person knows that this desire is folly and vanity. But even so, says Rabbi Nachman, again, it's not so simple. There is a, 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 another element within your experience that isn't you. Because the you knows that this is not, this is not what I want. But there is a, there's another piece. There's another davar. That's a joined or conjoined to, to me. It's not me, but it's conjoined. And that's what's misavahataiva. That's what is compelling me subrationally to do that which rationally my mind knows is not what I want. Again, So again, up until this point, how is this helpful? Right? I mean, it's interesting that Rabbi Nachman 200 years ago is just describing so, so much of our lived experience in 2023 and clarifying certain details to us. It's very interesting, but how does it help me? So says Rabbi Nachman, and with this will end, it isn't easy, but this opens the door to at least a potential path. A potential path of being able to live more aligned with the human in me and less chained to the devil in me. How so? Vialkain therefore says Rabbi Nachman Bivadai with absolute certainty. Im ha'adam, and this is the im, this is the big if, right? It's a huge if because this is really where the work is. But im ha'adam yiyashiv atzmai heitev heitev. If a person will do the work in this lifetime, to settle himself, 
to settle himself to achieve peace of mind. That means spending lots of time in his spodidus. We already said previously, any time in Kitsvei Breslov you find the words Yishav Hadas, it's a reference to his spodidus. To spend time talking to Hashem. To spend time thinking about life, reflecting on life, getting out into nature, breathing deep breaths, remembering that life is spiritual at its core. And engaging with that, says Rabbi Nachman, then we can widen the separation between me, between the Adam who is not afraid and who does not have impure desires, and the Davar, that Nachash, that external snake that is the one within me who is being subrationally fearful, subrationally compelled toward different behaviors. What's the key? How do I separate between these two? Says Rabbi Nachman, Because again, drawn to its final pinnacle, to its conclusion, when a person leaves this world and we're free from the Davar, the Yitzhahara falls away because a dead person doesn't need a Yitzhahara anymore. The challenge is done, finished, and, and, it, and it escapes. What is a person left with? Total Yishav Hadas, total clarity. And so what his spodidus is, is a bid in, again, I don't mean this in, a, in a, like a negative sense, in dying before we die. Tapping into that clarity while I still have a chance to fix things. Channeling that clarity, channeling that awareness, channeling that. It's just me. Forget about what other people think. It goes back to the first piece. All the challenges that I face, I, I, I'm stronger than them. I'm stronger, I'm stronger. Hashem believes in me, etc., etc. And to breathe that in deeply, to connect with that, with a spirit of calm. Mishav Hadas, Emuna. So then I have a chance. Then I have a chance. Not only do I have a chance, Rabbi Nachman of Ihir even uses the word easy. Bekal. Then, easily, I can free myself from anxiety. I can free myself from irrational fears. And I can free myself from, from irrational, subrational desires that are not bringing me where I want to go, after this that I know, I'm rooted in my intellect, in my mind. So what is it? Like we keep on saying, there is a separate element within my life. He's the one who's afraid. He's the one that's the source of that desire. It's not me. And this, again, it's something that we did speak about previously when we spoke about, I think, in the, in the, in the, in the Shirman Shmir Sabris, we spoke about that over there. There is an idea where not having this clarity is going to feed this cycle. The more that a person thinks that they are the one that wants A, B, or C, and then they, they therefore feel so low and so ashamed and so down on themselves, what do you think that that's going to feed back into a further downward spiral. That's Avera Goreres Avera. It's just, it goes down and down and down. The first Tikkun is Havdalah. Havdalah. There's got to be separation. Havdalah, Hachna, Hamtaka. First step is I got to be separate. 
I am not it. I am not that. I am pure. I am holy. I am deep. I'm yearning for love from a Kurdish Baruch Hu. I, I want to connect to Him. I want to make life worth living. I want to change the world. And I'm so frustrated and overwhelmed by the craziness and the, the stupidity of humanity because I see things so clearly and I see the words of the Navi dancing in front of my eyes with the visions that they portray. It's so easy. We're almost there. Why can't human beings get it together? What is wrong with us? Right? Literally. And a person can be overwhelmed by that frustration. I know that I am so often. And so it's hard. Cut yourself some slack. It's hard. It's very, very difficult, especially what we're going through now. But when a person is able to isolate the, the element of, of Kedusha that peeks its head out at rare moments, but when it does, oh, it's so clear, this is who I am. This is really who I am. I am a feeling person. And I put up maybe you know, a strong front from time to time, but below it, beneath it, it's, it's just this fragile child. It's just this sweet, holy, holy spark, a divine soul. And I'm able to make that separation so then I have firm ground upon which to stand and implant my feet and I can carry on from there. I can root myself in what my rational mind is reminding me about life, and I don't want to waste any more time. So, bekal yuchal lesalik mimenu, I can then easily, again, if we root ourselves, but that's im, it's very difficult, it takes many, many years, of being meyashiv ourselves, hated, hated really well, settling ourselves. And again, I think we, we even made reference to this in previous shirm. What, what is the issue of miyashiv atzmai? What are you clarifying? Atzmai, you, the real you, who you are. And recognize that all the lowly stuff, that's a davar, that, that's something else. It's, it's a separate entity, it's the nachash. That embroils its way, it, 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 it coils up within us, like, much like a snake around us and we become completely bewildered. That's the soda, the eitz hadas tovera. It causes ra to be enmeshed into the tov to the point that we don't even know what's good and we don't even know what's not good anymore. But our task is to separate the two. Is to remember that however enmeshed the tov and the ra look in the eitzah das tovera. Don't forget about the eitzah chayim. Don't forget about the source where there's just one tree. That's just it's just life. It's just divine life. It's just the real me, the real you. So bekal yuchal asalik mimenu kol yiras vaapchadim vechin kol ataivus meachas yadeish shabe emes einam klum. It's nothing. Rock again, Shayesh Davar Etzloi Shahumis Yare Umis Ave. Alkain, and if a person can get this clear, it is not me, it is not what I want. Clarifying who the real me is, what the real me wants, and really aligning ourselves with that. We can shatter all the barriers and free ourselves from it all. And he closes, because at the end of the day, the Adam is the Baal Bechira. The human, not the subhuman, subrational, animalistic, uh, demonic nachash, the snake, the serpent. The Adam is the Baal Bechira. 
we get to choose. We get to choose. Ubekal lahargil and those are key words. Lahargil easily. Not you can free yourself in a minute, but you can accustom your das, your rational mind. Lahargil connotes takes a long time, but step by step, teaching by teaching, meditation by meditation, hispodidus by hispodidus, good friend by good friend, real conversation after real conversation, etc. For long periods of time, step by step, like putting together a puzzle. Uvikal, it is easy to begin the journey of Yuchalahargil Daita to train our rational human mind, Lesalik Mimenu Oisai Hadavar, to cut away that extraneous external element that isn't me, that was never me, to cut it away, to simply excise it, to, to amputate it. It is not, it's not me. It was never a part of me. It's a growth. It's something else. That from that cancerous source, that was where all my fear was coming from. But I was holistically well. I was innately whole. And it's just this three-letter word, this davar. Just this something else. Also, the icy is dever. It's like a plague. It's like a like a virus, like a pestilent virus. This dever, this davar, that uh, it's something else. From that, from there came all these fears just popping into my head. You know, it's also the letters if you reverse them of barad, right? Barad is also barad is of course this this mix. Of, of two elements that really have nothing to do one with the other. And then it appears like one, one element. That's why if you take a look in the tour, that's what we refer to according to the Heliga tour, the Balaturim, what we say when we make the bracha of Asher Yatsar, we end the bracha umafli lasos, and who does a pellet, a wonder. What's the wonder? I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he make, I'm not sure if he makes a reference to Barad, but it's very similar. This connection between the body and the soul that are two antithetical uh, uh, entities and they get put together like this as one, that's a, that's a wonder. That's a wonder, but don't forget that they are two and not one. Also, the, the ICS, these three letters also spell ravad, which in Hebrew means a layer, a layer. So it's reminding us davar, dever, barod, ravad, Go deeper, go deeper, go deeper. Look one layer beyond. It's just an external garment. We can remove it. We can get rid of that element. It's not a part of me. It's something I wear. It's something I carry, but it's not me. It's not me. And so this is tremendously powerful stuff. To reaffirm our identity in Kedusha. To put effort into being, this word, miyashev atzmai. To clarify, yashev, to settle atzmai. Who I am. Never to lose touch with that. Never to lose touch with who you are. And then we go back to the first piece. Then we're able to say, b'zayis yadati ki chafatsevi. That's where I get my value from, my worth from. When I recognize, 
the wickedness of what I was experiencing, it didn't, it didn't settle a lie. It didn't impact me. The me is separate. It's something else. I get my value from you. I'm, I am you. I'm a spark of you. And I just, I'm, I'm covered in all kind of, you know, layers and levels of pestilent filth. But I just, I just need a little bit of a, a shower that comes off. It's a davar. It's not me. It's just a davar. Something else. It's something else. And so if we could be privileged enough to devote ourselves to this avoda of Yishav Hadas, and each of us will have our own way of doing that, but to keep this at the forefront of our minds of what it is that we are, the MS, Be'ezus Hashem will be zoche, to be misalik, to get rid of these lowlier elements of ourselves, whether it's the fear, the anxiety, the worry about other people, uh, the, the, the desires that are taking us in, in ways that we don't want to go, etc. We can be zoche, Be'ezus Hashem, we will be zoche. To remain true to who we are at our core, we are holy. And to shake off the dust. May Afar Kumi to arise from the dust. And live she big day sefar tech ami. We'll swap out these black, dark, sullied garments for the purple raiments, for the purple garments of royalty, which we which we are, which we all are. Bezus Hashem, very, very soon. We're coming back to Yerushalayim. We should be zecha to, uh, to have the next year in person in Yerushalayim. Bezus Hashem, with the coming of Mashiach. Thank you so much for joining. As always, I'm sorry for the, the time change today. And uh, looking forward to carrying on next week. Thank you all very, very much. Thank you so much.